What's up, guys? Welcome back. Uh, special Droid Life show today. This is our super crazy late CES 2016 uh, recap show. So not technically, at least to us, episode 100. Actually, I think we're probably over 100 episodes, but we've done all these special episodes in there. Anyways, it's not episode 100. This is just a special CES sort of recap. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's still a huge electronic show. We want to just kind of share our sort of week that was which was last week at ces 2016 uh and sort of let you guys in on kind of what we do our approach to it talk about the stories that we found that were big some of which are still kind of going on today even uh and just you know share like little unique things that happened here and there so uh anyways yeah we're, we're back from ces which is in las vegas every year basically the second week or sort of it's kind of a mix of first second week how would you describe the timing of CS? The second week? First week? For, uh, it's like a week and a half into January. Yeah, it's sort it's of been like a, changing, right? So Yeah, it's kind of adjusts. And this year it really adjusted a day later than normal because uh, New Year's Day like backed up to a weekend and something like that. So uh, anyways, second week essentially of every January, we head off to Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show, which I don't believe wants to be called the Consumer Electronics Show. I think they're officially just CES. Uh, and so we do that. And we this was our sixth year. I think we counted it out. This is our sixth year in a row we've been there, which shows you how long Droid Life has been in existence. So uh, we did it again. Uh, you know, CES in the last three or four years hasn't exactly been the most mobile or Android-focused uh, consumer electronics show, but it's still huge. Like Some 170,000 or so people um, show up to this thing every single year still. And it's a big deal. I mean, it's just not for us because it's not Android stuff, but in terms of electronics, it's a big deal. There's autos there now with all of their new tech and infotainment systems and electric cars and all that stuff. Uh, There's TVs everywhere still. Uh, There's just all sorts of other stuff. Like there was hoverboards everywhere this year, you know, like whatever the hot new tech is, there's a whole section for wearables. Um, CES is one of those things that's hard to explain like the grand scale of it. It is massive and it just keeps every year just keeps spreading out beyond the Las Vegas convention center into like other hotels and all these other private events and satellite things. And it's kind of crazy. So uh, anyways, uh, we thought we'd start with talking our sort of timeline of how this all works. I'll try to make it as quickly as possible to get into actual fun stuff. But uh, basically we got there on Monday. Uh, I think a lot of press actually got there like Saturday and Sunday and they had pre briefings and whatnot. Uh, we didn't do any of that stuff. We showed up Monday, grabbed our badges, and there was actually a press event that evening called CES Unveiled that always kicks off the show for press. And it's basically like a time to get your badge and check out a handful of usually really cheesy products that you're probably never going to buy. And so we actually skipped that this year. Um, and so we went to dinner with my mom instead because she lives in Vegas now. So uh, we did that. Uh, and then the next day, which is Tuesday, was official press day, they call it at CES. And especially, uh, it's like a 10 to 12 hour day, I feel like, of 45 minute press events from all the big companies in the world. Samsung, LG, uh, Ford did one this year. Sony, Huawei had probably the best of them all. Anyways, we sit through that all day. Well, at least we normally sit through that all day. This year, our approach to CS was a little bit different. We kind of knew there was nothing big coming out in terms of Android. So we skipped almost all of press day. And I hope you guys don't think that means we were just being lazy. We sort of looked at it as being crazy strategic and 
helping to like get let us write things up and not be stuck waiting in a conference hall lines for hours and hours. And it worked out great. We went to one press event that day. And I, I mean, I don't know if you guys could tell or not, but we didn't live blog much except Huawei's press event, which was the one we went to. It turns out it was the only one that really mattered. So uh, we sort of feel like we struck a little media gold that day with our with our approach. Um, and we also were able to not just completely destroy our bodies by sitting on floors and waiting for hours and lines and stuff like that before the actual show floor opened. Um, so, uh, that night of press day is this thing called Pepcom and it's basically a showcase of all these products and it's usually a big deal. We did hit that and, uh, we saw a bunch of stuff. Did we see anything cool at Pepcom though? It, there's just so much stuff going on that it's hard to, uh, like really take it all in. Um, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff. We, I mean, we saw Weeboo stuff, Keurig Gold stuff. We saw that the smart child seats. That's I mean, right. there's smart smart car seats for baby well, infants and we, things like that. I personally, we finally got um, hands on with uh, Nextbit's Robin smartphone, the cloud storage okay. phone that um, Tech Media loves, and we spoke Which with I Scott Coyle. Yeah, Kellen doesn't understand. We spoke with uh, Scott Croyle, who's the head designer for the uh, Robin smartphone. So, yeah, we talked a little bit to him. And there, I mean, there was there's a lot of companies. You know, they get like 200 companies in one room. Yeah. They put a beer in your hand and they say, "Go out, you know, um, go forth and make connections." And it's always kind of a good time. It's a little overwhelming and sometimes a little crowded, depending on when you get there. But overall, mm-hmm. Pepcom is a pretty good spot. Yeah, you can sort of hit a whole bunch of companies, and it's usually most of the important ones, uh, in a really short amount of time with a drink in your hand and chat with them in a more intimate setting than like at the actual show floor. So we did that. Talked to, I mean, we talked to HTC. We talked to, L, is it LETV? I, I just want to say LE TV. LETV. They're the company that makes the first phone with a Snapdragon 820. So we talked to a whole bunch of people. Anyways, once we got done with that, then the next day the show floor opened and we ran over to the show floor and ran around and did the same thing on Thursday and Friday we came home. So that was sort of how our schedule went. Um, Let's sort of talk now about some of the stories then that came out of that. Uh, Should we start with the the Bin John drama? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so if you haven't been following T-Mobile, obviously weeks ago now, announced Binge On, which is their video streaming uh, service, if you will. Uh, Basically, they uh, downgrade uh, video to 480p, which is DVD quality, uh, and they let you stream it for free, basically, as long as it's from a service provider um, that's part of Binge On. Uh, unfortunately for everyone involved, uh, that includes also throttling, I would say, um, all video services streamed across T-Mobile. Um, and so as long as Binge On is turned on, right? So uh, they caught some flack for it. Uh, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, initially, YouTube basically called them out via the Wall Street Journal and said, stop throttling our video because we're not a part of your program. And T-Mobile didn't really respond um, and so then a couple days later, which was actually, I think Monday when we were traveling to CES, 
Um, the Electronics Frontier Foundation, or the EFF, which is an organization that pretty much does good in the world of electronics. They stand up for not only like sites like ours, if we were to get into legal trouble, but they stand up for consumers and they make sure like all the big bad companies aren't doing bad things. Uh, so they put out this report that says like T-Mobile, you're basically throttling everyone. Um, this totally violates net neutrality rules and like all this stuff. right? And so then John Ledger um, I don't think it was that same day, right? It was the next day. So it was like Tuesday uh, goes on this like video rant and basically dances around all of the actual like accusations and issues people had with Ben John. And then he said to the EFF, like who the F are you as if he was like so much better and higher up than the EFF and who are they to question him? And they must have some agenda. And I think he even said like Google had an agenda and like, they just wanted to get in the news and it's like, dude, this is Google. Like Google would crush you if they wanted to probably like, why are you saying like it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And he still didn't, you know, address any of the people's concerns, which are T-Mobile turned it on without everyone saying that was okay. And then they're throttling everyone, not just the partners and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Like I'm sort of sick of talking about it. And the fact that I'm explaining it again is like taking my breath away. I'm just tired. Uh, Either way, John Ledger basically made an ass out of himself and said some really stupid shit. And yesterday, he once again like tried to explain Ben John, uh, which we don't need an explanation of what Ben John is. We we get it. Uh, and then he sort of like halfway apologized to the EFF because he caught a whole bunch of flack for his comments about them, which he should have. Uh, and so that's kind of where we sit today. Like he. It sort of issued this like half-hearted apology to them. It was clearly like this PR written open letter about Ben John. Like it, you know, there was no cussing and things like that, which he typically does. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like he just needs to say like, uh, he's never going to say like we screwed up, but he just needs to like acknowledge that they need to make changes and not be such a douche about it. I don't know. We've talked a lot about this after yesterday's thing. Do you have anything else to kind of say about it? I know you're probably just as sick of it as I am. Yeah, I think, well, throughout the whole time, I think I was talking to you about it and, um, you know, I understand a bit of the outrage, the nerd outrage going on, but, uh, I think it's a little, uh, overblown to say the least. Um, you know, the service kind of like what John just keeps saying, you know, it's, it's totally pro net neutrality because, the customer is in control. You can turn it off. But at the same time, you know, anyone who doesn't know what's going on or who isn't up on snuff, um, they wouldn't have known that it was probably turned on in the first place. Yes, you know, T-Mobile sends out notifications. But when I'm using a T-Mobile phone, I'm getting notifications constantly about whether it's like my data usage or if I'm paying my bill on time. So I just start ignoring all T-Mobile notifications. So if T-Mobile right. sent out a notification saying, hey, we're flipping a binge on thing. It's totally good. They probably never mentioned like you can turn it off. They probably just say, "Hey, you can you know watch three times more video, Netflix for free, and it won't count towards your data bucket or whatever." You know, like however they they sent out those notifications. A lot of people probably were um, not in the know. For example, my, my girlfriend's on T-Mobile. She had no idea what Ben John was, and so I mean, clearly, I think and and she is you know up on her stuff because well, you know, she dates me. She has to be so. If she didn't know what Ben John was, then clearly there might have been some type of uh, breakdown in communication to the customers. So people were outraged. But again, um, if Ben John negatively affects you and the way you use your smartphone and want to watch videos, YouTube, etc., 
then just turn it off. You know, it's really not that big of a deal. Yes, T-Mobile probably screwed up when they just went ahead and turned it all on and just said, it's on for everyone. You can turn it off if you want. They put the setting in under your profile and not under like account settings and stuff, which I thought was weird. But, uh, you know, other than that, just turn it off if you don't like it. I bet T-Mobile will possibly rework it because clearly this has caused a little bit of drama. Not that John Legier doesn't like drama. I mean, he's all about the drama. He wants to be in the news. He wants his face out there. And uh, the whole EFF thing, I thought that was really funny. Um, You know, people kind of like taking what he said out of context, you know, I mean, whenever you say, who the F are you? You never literally are asking who the F are you? It's more of just like a, who do you think you are type of deal. But of course everyone. Yeah. Some people were like, so Oh, literally. John Ledger doesn't know who the EFF is. It's like, no, he yeah, knows who and, the EFF is. of course he does. So I'm sure John has an entire team around him when he's uh, doing this type of stuff. So, yeah, it is what it is. I don't think it's really negatively affecting anyone. You know, it's good for people who want to watch videos on their mobile connection who say they don't have access to Wi-Fi 24-7. But if you don't like it, just turn it off. <laughs> so, you know, what What else can you say, right? Yeah, just I mean, at this off. point, like we, we just wrote a post, I think, after everyone. We, we kind of joked about everyone had a hot take about it because everyone was just sounding off on everything. And, Instead of doing that, we just kind of put up like instructions on how to turn it off so that you can just like ignore it and move on with the world. I I think I have two problems with it. Um, Well, I mean, I have like some solution options and things like that, but I have two problems. They turned it on for everyone, which, as you just said, by sending a text message uh, and telling everyone they're turning it on. And look, I just looked through my text messages and I don't think I have a text message that I can tell from about it. it. Maybe it's on a different phone. I don't know. Uh, but sending people a text message that says we're turning this on, like you said, most people probably ignore the crap they get from T-Mobile. Uh, the other thing is, why couldn't you just send a text message and send somebody an email and do this other stuff and say like, hey, we launched this new service. You should turn it on, which is probably what they should have done. Um, and then the other thing is they need to stop downgrading video from people that aren't a part of Ben John. So they have this list of partners, right? And they're all part of Ben John. And if you watch their video with Ben John turned on, then you get to say it's basically free streaming. But if YouTube, who isn't a partner, comes on and you have Ben John turned on, it downgrades that video to 480p. And it also counts against your data bucket. Like that's that's pretty terrible like youtube is saying to you like we don't want you downgrading our video so we're not going to be a part of this and yet t-mobile's doing it anyway and that just hurts like user experience and has all sorts of other implications and i think that's like the biggest problem like they so they turned it on for everyone and shouldn't have and then two they're downgrading other people's stuff and shouldn't be doing that yeah, totally. Um, I think the word we're looking for, not downgrading or throttling, but mobile optimizing, which oh, yeah, right. optimizing. it's a very, po- it's a very positive spin on such a, like a you know, terrible, bad thing. <laughs> but I mean, it's not terrible. Like, I get the idea. The idea makes total sense. It just sucks because not it doesn't involve everybody. And that's where I think all the net neutrality folks come in and say, well, this service is getting awesome service, you know, but this service is getting crapped on, you know, by... Um, Ben John. So I think there's just a lot of maybe misconception and confusion about what Ben John maybe is. I think that's why John kind of hammers home on what Ben John is. And I know you and I get it. Like we know what it is, but I think he just has to keep re explaining like, okay, yeah, it's a service that is 
yeah, I mean, limiting, you know, to 480p or whatever, but it allows you to watch more content and it's a good yeah. thing. But um, yeah, it's yeah, sort I mean, of frustrating. Like overall, the idea behind it, it's giving good. people an option to save on their data plan and ex- or expand their data plan, their usage anyway. I totally get it. And it's like a, it's a pretty decent idea. I'll give them that. It's just like the way they implemented it by automatically turning it on for everyone. And then they're throttling everyone else. And then John Ledger's just like standing up for everything he says, like, because no one's allowed to threaten him or tell him he's doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Like he, he's made this career in recent years by telling everyone else they do everything wrong and that they're a terrible human. And like, he's kind of turned into like slimy little sales guy right now. And, you know, when somebody like the EFF who is doing it out of, you know, consumer protection basically calls him out and like for him to just attack them with like his like stupid shtick that he does, like it's just sort of uncalled for. And like it, it was bad enough. Like I guess I'd say it wasn't even that big of a deal, right? When it was initially like they're throttling everything, like they could have just said, sorry, we're, we, we'll change. And instead, like he just came out and was like, no, you don't get to tell me what to do. I'm always right. And it's like, oh, dude, just, you just look like an ass at this point. So, anyways, yeah, like I've been John in general, don't really have a problem with it. It's just like the way they've gone about it. And now Ledger's just making it worse. So, I hope it goes away, but like basically he's going to come out and say like, these are the changes we're doing to address all of your concerns, which he still won't mention those concerns, right? Like everything everyone's thrown at him. Like, why are you throttling third party people? He won't even like talk about it. And so it's, uh, it is what it is, but it's free. So yeah, that's the binge on drama. It is free. And if you like Netflix and Hulu and all that, then you're great. But I guess if you like watching YouTube videos in 4K on your mobile device on network, counting towards your data, which actually it even shouldn't because T-Mobile users have free data going on until like March, I think it is, because of that promo he offered. Yeah, that's anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, I have a, unlimited data on mine, and they turned binge on for me, and that's crap. Like, I have unlimited that data. Like, I don't Whatever. Yeah. And then he was talking about something, how unlimited customers, they, he had like a sentence going where it was about tethering. It's about tethering, yeah. So unlimited <laughs> yeah. customers only get so much tethering data. So you're, you have unlimited on your phone, right? But you have a limited amount of tethering. And so I think if you have binge on turned on and then you tether like to your laptop, I'm pretty sure it then shows video on your laptop, like 480p. And he's like, yeah, yeah but it expands your like tethered video watching. And it's just like, I just, no. Just stop, John. Just turn it off. Well, it's too late now. It's turned on for everyone. <laughs> turn it off, John. Yeah. So I don't know how they can make it right other than to like change some of the things we just talked about. And I just don't. He doesn't seem willing to do that. So although That's he released that open letter yesterday and we all just kind of crapped on him again. And like he kind of deserves it at this point. And I love how like all, there's like this group of T-Mobile fans that are like, you guys are all biased. Like I was reading an article on Engadget today that was basically the same one that we wrote, that the Verge wrote, that everyone else wrote about how his latest open letter was crap. And like the first comment is, Engadget, you guys are so biased against T-Mobile. And like that was what happened to us yesterday. I think the Verge sells our comments turned off, but I'm sure that was the same one they got. It's just like, actually all of us have been pretty damn generous to T-Mobile over the recent years because like we actually like what they're doing for the industry. I don't think any of us have anything against T-Mobile. We're just calling this what it is, which is crap. So, right. All right, let's move on from there. Uh, so at CES now actual CES news, uh, mm-hmm. virtual reality VR stuff was everywhere. And so I think you and I have sat back over the last year 
I don't want to say we've ignored it, but most VR stuff outside of Samsung's Gear VR isn't Android related, so we don't really care that much, right? Even though HTC is making Vive and Facebook has Oculus and they're doing their thing, it's not Android related, so we haven't cared so much. But we finally dove in at CES because it was everywhere. And so we took it all for a spin. Um, I took the sit-down Vive for a spin and sit-down Oculus, and you took those two, but you also took the stand-up, walk-around Vive for a test. So what do you think? Is VR, like, the real deal? Like, are you outfitting, like, rooms in your house? Was Vive mind-blowing and a game-life-changing <laughs> experience like everyone else has said over the last year? Yeah, Maybe just because I'm, like, super jaded. I feel like I've said that I'm jaded, like, 500 times on the DL show. But, like, maybe it's because I'm jaded because Vibe just does not impress me all that much. Like, I don't think it's there yet. Like, this is the beginning. Yes. and biased. Yeah. I I felt an awakening. And there is a presence that I have not felt in a long time. Like, And it is actually the beginning... (laughs) And there, this is the beginning of something that is game changing, literally game changing, but it's just not there yet. And that's because the technology I think is still so early or young and And there's no games and there's no games and the games that, you know, you do play are sort of pretty weak, (laughs) but, uh, so I did try Vive and I tried the first one. It was my first time trying Vive. So it was the new model. It's the one with the front facing camera. And they had me standing up. They've got the motion sensors attached to the walls, which is what you will need in your house if this, if you want the same experience. Effing ridiculous. So uh, what did I do first? I play. I, I was underwater. You were on a pirate ship. I was on a sunken pirate ship, uh, essentially. And there's a huge whale that comes by. And uh, it was cool. You know, it, it actually looked a lot better than I had anticipated. Um, I was specifically sort of looking for pixels or, you know, to see if I felt immersed in the experience. And it was pretty immersive. Uh, it, it wasn't a terrible feeling. You know, my one problem with VR still is that when it puts you sort of in the perspective of somewhere else, and when you look down and nothing's there, mm-hmm. sort of when, when you expect to see your body or your feet on the floor, um, that's still something that has yet to come. And I think that's something that they will work into in the future, especially now that Vive, you know, with the front-facing camera, I'm sure, you know, someone will cook up a way for your body to be pasted onto whatever it is you're looking at. Well, there's got to be not, a way that you can just, yet. like, yeah, like Velcro something around your toes or, like, your front of your shoes or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah put, put the little balls, the motion trigger balls on your feet or something. Looks like a Christmas elf walking around the house <laughs> with a headset on. But, yeah. Uh, you know, overall, it was good. After playing the pirate ship thing, uh, it's not really playing. It's just experiencing. And then I, I, I played like a 3D office game. They're like, here, it's going to put you in a corporate environment. And and I just Yay. thought that was... Yeah. Total work in VR. Yeah, like I'm, I, I'm in a cubicle and I'm like eating donuts and drinking coffee or whatever and making copies all in VR. I thought that was the stupidest idea. You know, it's not something I would want to do. And then, then we got to like my, my main point, and that is, you know, for VR to be cool, it, it needs better games, and it needs the games that I want to play. You know, like I want to play first-person shooters. Those are the games that I enjoy. Um, I don't want to walk around a pirate ship just looking at stuff. I want to be immersed in and killing zombies or something like that. So he put on a demo of a zombie shooting game, which is 
still not announced. It's something Arizona Rising, Sunrise, it was like or something. A Western zombie game. That was like a Western thing. The controls were all jacked up. Like it made me look like a fool because here I am. Like you've got two controllers and the triggers, and I'm trying to reload, and it's not working. And yeah, they had like, to oh, reboot it at least once. Yeah, yeah, he's like, "Oh, it's just a beta. It's just a beta." And I'm like, "Dude, everything's a beta." You did have to talk him into. Le- you were like, "Let me play something cool," and he actually just kind of. It was almost like he pulled some secret disc out of his pocket and was like, "Let's let him try it." So he yeah. did give you a chance because otherwise he you did. were kind of bored. I got the feeling. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it, was, it is kind of boring because everything is happening around you, but you're not actually doing anything. Like, there's nothing interactive. Like, I'm just looking. I'm being immersed, but I'm not interacting. So, there. So, with games like a first-person shooter, you know, you need to be there and shooting stuff. And that's where um, one of the games that we saw demoed by Nvidia. I didn't catch the name of that, but you know, you're in like a subway station. You got zombies coming. You got an AK-47 going mm-hmm. off or whatever. You're like that looks cool. That looks cool. Put me in there because I mean, he's got both controllers going around and he's reloading and all this cool looking stuff. Like that's cool to me. Um, I don't need to pretend like I'm in my office in a cubicle Making or coffee. whatever. <laughs> yeah, the Portal demo. Like um, I have been a fan of Portal, but I've never done a whole playthrough of Portal just because I don't think I'm smart enough to play Portal. Um, there was a portal demo and it, it was very funny. It's comedic, just like the actual portal series. And I thought um, that was really well done. It looked splendid. So that's been my thing. Gear VR that I've played with plenty of times and I always get sick. Um, I just get this like motion sickness going on. Cause I'm looking around. I'm not even moving. I'm just sitting there, but I can't orient myself to where, like what I'm doing. Mm. And um, but portal look good. You're actually able to walk around, and with that front facing camera, you're not going to hit anything. You're not going to hit the wall or anything like that. Um, these imaginary or uh, not imaginary, really, but these borders come up like the wall borders. You'll walk up close to a wall, and the wall will sort of come into view. That way, you won't hit it. And and with that, you know, for example, they say with the front facing camera, you can eat, drink, and interact with people without taking the headset off. Yeah, it's sort of weird, but it was cool. Like I could see you you know, off in the distance, like taking pictures or whatever. And I was like, all right, this is cool. Like it helps me orient myself, my body to what is going on, not being able to see. So I thought that was great. And uh, overall vibe was really cool. It just needs games. And, um, and then as for Oculus Rift, I I don't want to talk about it too much just because I didn't really play with Oculus Rift too much because my experience sucked. I played a game called Adrift and you're in space and you're floating around and doing barrel rolls, and I wanted to literally vomit after playing it for, like, five minutes. I, I said, okay, I'm done. Like, I, I died on purpose, dude, just oh, so, did. like, yeah, I ran out of breath in the game, and I was like, okay, I died. Oops, take the headset off. Like, I'm out of here. I had to, like, yeah. go get water and, like, breathe just because there's something about, yeah, I don't know what it is, but um, it makes me yeah. sick. And so it was I played cool. that too, and I thought it was fun. Like I was barrel rolling and grabbing yeah. and doing the mission, and it's just. But that's that's one of those things we talked about a little bit at the show. Is like VR, like the experiences too, depending on the purpose or person, or could be so different. Like, I like I did that, and I was totally fine, but it got you sick. And so, like, that's one of those things. Like, you could invest in VR, not even knowing that, like, your mind or body, depending on the title, may just completely go no. And you could spend money on all this stuff and like throw it on, and like you may get sick all every single time you play it. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I played that, and it was cool. I also played on Vive, the sit down like spaceship shooting chasing game, and it 
it was actually it was okay i was kind of bored with it and the controls were way too hard for like it's playing in like two two minutes of time uh the oculus game i thought was kind of cool um but uh yeah htc screwed up our appointments and so i didn't get to do the walking vive full demo but i I mean i saw you do it and i'm fine fine that i didn't have to do that um yeah, so, okay, well, let's talk price real quick. So, Oculus, during the show, n- announced that it's going to cost 600 bucks, And uh, everyone at the show threw a massive fit that Oculus was going to cost $600. Um, and then today, a report out of Taiwan, Focus Taiwan, um, suggested that the Vive could, could cost $1,500. And so, uh, that's not including, like, the computer you're going to need. Because Oculus, not only does it cost 600 bucks, but they gave a base model of specs, basically, for the computer you need to power it. And it's, like, at minimum, probably a grand. And if you probably want to play higher-end games really well, you're probably going to spend, like, double that or at least 1500 I would imagine. So the cost here is kind of insane. And I think people are throwing massive fits about it being a failure, but, like, did everyone actually think this stuff was going to cost, like, 200 bucks? I mean, people kind of did this with smartwatches. Remember when everyone's like, oh, smartwatch, $250, it's dead on arrival. It's so expensive. And it's like, yeah, but these are like new techs that people are still figuring out and whatever. And like this stuff is like high-end VR. It takes powerful computers. Like you can't just process all this information with like a cheap little smartphone chip, you know? It does take a lot. And so not only will the tech itself cost a lot, but then it's going to cost a lot for the people out there with computers that don't have enough power to buy a new graphics card. And I mean, really, you have to be sort of oriented with computers and graphics in order to really handle this stuff. I was looking at the guy who was handling the demo and I was looking at the software he's using. It doesn't look easy. Like there's like an overlay going on because it has to display everything that the VR is showing. And then you've got your steam VR going and, it was a lot of stuff. And yeah, I mean, the people who will be attracted to VR gaming are gamers and they are PC people. So it makes sense for them. But anyone who's just like on the street and wants to go try out VR, you know, they're not, they're going to get a uh, watered down. They're going to get a throttled experience or a mobile yeah. optimized experience like cardboard, you know, or gear VR. And yeah. those are good for very brief points of time, uh, especially cardboard. And Gear VR could last you a little bit longer just because Samsung's working on a lot more content for it. But at the same time, if you don't want the watered-down version, if you want to be immersed and interact and have that crazy virtual reality experience, you're going to be spending money for it until you know 2020 or 2025 when all the stuff is just available for pennies. So, yeah. It, early adopters are always screwed by price. I mean, when has that ever yeah. not been a thing? So exactly. it's no big deal. I mean, t- for example, uh, 4K TVs, you know, those, those used to cost a lot of money. And people are like, oh, you know, I'm never going to be able to afford this. But now you can get a 55-inch 4K Samsung for like, you know, 800, 900 bucks. Yeah, so it just takes time and markets adapt and uh, and that's it. Yeah. What I find a bit fascinating is like Oculus is up for pre-order right now. And HTC's Vive will be at the end of February. And I can't, do you remember when Oculus shipping, did they say shipping date? I don't know exactly shipping. But, you know, so we're looking at like maybe a couple months out, these things start shipping. Um, 
it just seems so rough around the edges. Like I know we were going into demos and stuff, but it's like you had to have like somebody else like initiate everything you were doing. And then you, they just put you then in the environment. It's not like you had a hand at a controller and they were like, okay, go to the start menu and click play. Like these didn't even have like that. It was basically like you had another guy over here starting everything and another guy over here putting the headset on and handing you controllers. And like, it seems so rough around the edges and, and so, like, it, it all has a long ways to go, and it's, it know, does really expensive, and I don't think we're anywhere near, like, VR being in everyone's household, especially not at these prices and how far we need to go. Yeah, and how much you have to install. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you would literally have to dedicate a room. You know, I guess, you know, sure, if you mm. have, like, a, a spare room or, like, an entertainment room, you could just tran- you could just install the VR stuff in yeah. there. But then you're talking about like a dedicated PC for that room. And these yeah. PCs aren't cheap. No. Um, $1,000 plus for one that can even try to attempt to run it smoothly at 90 frames per second. What it's did no you joke. say NVIDIA said about, um, they said Either, what percentage could run any of this stuff? They said currently 1% of the world's PCs can run VR. Like, yeah, good. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to take a lot of upgrading, a lot of updating, a lot of uh, NVIDIA is going to probably make a crap ton of business off this because everyone's going to have to snatch up Titan cards uh, for their PCs and everything's going to be great. So everyone's going to be making money except for HTC if it comes out at $1,500. So, but then again, we don't know what's coming packaged. You know, if, if it is 1500 bucks, you would hope that they throw in the two sensors, the two controllers, the headset, the cables, all that. I mean, uh, Rift, 600 bucks is coming with an Xbox One controller because their custom controllers aren't even ready. And it's coming with one sensor and a remote. So hmm. we, have a, we have a ways to go. That's all there is to it. It's early 2016. I'm thinking 2020 is going to be the year of VR. <laughs> Start saving that money to build your badass computer. Actually, yeah. don't build and don't build it yet because by the time these things launch, like who knows what the minimum spec requirements are going to be. So I would just start saving money up to build that computer. Like if you're really a VR guy, like you're really looking to get into it. Yeah, quite the investment. It, so. it sort of reminds me when Google Glass was first announced. There was like this concept video going around of you know someone who puts on glass and they're sort of immersed in this VR world. Then we actually tried Google Glass, and it was just the experience sucked. Like, it was nothing. It was absolutely nothing, a complete waste of time. No offense to Google. Like, Glass is cool, but it's totally worthless. Um, You know what? It's it's funny you bring that up. Like, VR, I could almost see becoming what Google Glass has become. Not, Not the, like, laughing, joking part of it, but, like... Google Glass is moving to enterprise. Like, you know, doctors are going to wear it or nurses or like, you know, maybe in some sort of like office setting where you need your hands, but you still need to be able to interact. And so VR, I could see going this like sort of corporate route where like you need vision like around you and simulate things and scenarios and things like that rather than this gaming thing. Because like individual people just aren't going to be able to buy most of this stuff. It's just not like you're not going to sell 5 million like, vibe units in the next quarter you know what i mean like that's just not going to happen uh but i could see them like going to companies and installing the stuff in like a room where they can go demo products and whatever you know and it could be good at like consumer electronics shows if like coca-cola has a demo of like some new ad you know what i mean like i see it used in things like that at theaters but not necessarily as such a home product i mean i guess we'll see 
Yeah, there is that story going around about the doctor. Someone just linked it in the chat, but it's the doctor who saved a baby's life using oh, yeah. Google Cardboard VR. And um, so, yeah, it could be cool for doctors, you know, say, you know, on Vive, you got the controllers, you know, you can like, say, work around like a cancer cell and, you know, implement new information, good for information technology and all that. So the um, the ideas, the human imagination will find a way to make VR useful. Um, I think just right now, the the thing they want to try is gaming. And I think when that probably doesn't catch on as much, they'll come up with another idea uh, and to really bring VR to usable or useful levels. So I'm, I'm done. I'm done with VR. Okay. No more VR for a while. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk Motorola for a second. So Motorola wasn't necessarily at the show, but Lenovo was the company that now owns them and made some news uh, in an interview with uh, CNET. Uh, Lenovo. Oh no, it was Rick Osterlo from Motorola. Actually, we saw him walking around at some point. Where were we? We were at the Venetian, in the mall, Venetian. The, in between the Venetian and Palazzo, and he was just chilling with some other dude, but we didn't want to creep on him. Uh, anyways, he, he, basically, he basically said that Motorola as a name won't necessarily be used that much going forward, and so everyone kind of freaked out a little bit, like, oh my god, Motorola's dying, but in reality, it's not like Motorola is still going to be a company underneath underneath Lenovo. Uh, but going forward, you know, they're just going to use the Moto brand, which they've sort of been doing for a couple of years anyway. Nothing's really been called like the Motorola Moto X. They've just been calling it Moto X. Um, it used to be Moto X by Motorola. I think now it's going to be Moto X by Lenovo. And there'll still be the M Batwing logo on the back. And so, again, not a lot's changing. It just sounded shocking when we first were like, oh, my God, Motorola is dying. Uh, and, and so they're basically um, shrinking their product lines into you have the Moto line and then you have Lenovo's Vive. Is it Vibe? Vibe. Vibe. Line. Yeah. And so Vibe's like low-end stuff for international markets. And then Moto, they're going to use as their high-end brand and expand it and things like that. That's pretty much it. But it was it caught everyone's eye because it was like, oh my gosh, Motorola, the company that made the first smartphone, could be going away. And so that was kind of sad for a moment there. But I think That's what good. happens when an American company gets sold to China. I mean, that's sort of, uh, what do you expect? I mean, it wasn't really a shocking thing like RIP Motorola. I think we all saw it coming. We just didn't want to yeah. believe it. But but then, you know, killing off the Moto brand doesn't make sense because it's actually, you know, making a little bit of money with the Moto G and all that, which I think yeah. uh, we'll be talking about in a moment. Well, yeah, so let's talk about that. So, I'll, like, during CES, Lenovo's um, – what is he? He is the – he's just, like, the president or something of their mobile business. Um I don't want to mispronounce his name, but I think Chen Zudong potentially. Anyways, he he's he ran an interview with a Chinese outlet, and uh, it if you translate it, it translates really bad, and you almost can't even like I'm talking Google Translate. If you use Google Translate on the article, you can't even make out what he's saying. Like it it, it turns Motorola into motorcycle and things like that. Like it's it's bad. Anyways. Uh, it started getting passed around yesterday, this interview. And, you know, he said some things like about the Moto and, and Vibe brands and where they're going. And, and uh, at some point someone took it as uh, Moto G and Moto E are going away and they're ditching those lines of phones forever and things like that. And, 
and you and I read this thing like so this 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 started making rounds last night and we kind of sat on it and I reached out to Motorola this morning hoping to get clarification um because we read it a bunch and it didn't say to either of us that they were killing Moto G and E. Like there's one reference to them and it basically says like how successful they are in Latin America. Um, and Moto G, as we all know, is their most successful phone, smartphone, like ever. Like, why would you kill that phone for a Lenovo Vibe? It just makes no sense. So, anyways, Motorola has confirmed now that no, the Moto G and E are not going anywhere. Um, but they're still just going to have two short lineups. They're going to have a Moto X, G, and E, and then they'll have a few phones from Lenovo. And it's not going to be like fifteen or twenty different phones. It's going to be probably under ten phones for a year. So. Yeah, that happened. And everyone freaked out. Everyone's like, oh, Moto G and E are dead. And no, they're not. Um, the other interesting thing is, uh, well, they said Google Play services will probably return to China this year, which is a big deal for Google. doesn't necessarily matter to you and I because we don't really cover news out of China, but that's a big deal. Uh, and then there was a mention of um, the Lenovo Vibe UI and the Moto sort of pure Android UI forming some sort of new UI in China. And I think everyone took that as... Uh, Motorola was ditching the like stock Android experience and that's not happening either from what we can tell. So it was just one of those weird things where everything just got completely translated wrong. People just jumped to all sorts of crazy conclusions. So anyways, Motorola and Lenovo, they're together as one like fully now shrinking the brand, less phones, but Moto X, G and E will definitely still be around. So everyone could breathe a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So actually Motorola finally just responded to me and they gave me the same quote. They gave the verge earlier. What else did they say? It's funny. It actually says like Chen Zudong's remarks to Chinese media have been misunderstood. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. You don't say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not seeing anything else. Brands overlap. Yeah, I mean, it's talking about because I asked them specifically about what's up with the UI. Are you ditching the Moto UI that we know? And they didn't like specifically address it, but they did say the brands will overlap in some price points and key geographies, but with different brand identities, feature experiences, and design. So I'm imagining it's just going to stay the same. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, all right, well, let's move on to the show and some of the products and stuff. How about that? All right. So this. Outside of like VR and some of the binge on drama and TVs and stuff, which we don't talk about, um, there was smartwatches everywhere. Uh, some some surprises, some kind of cool, some whatever. Uh, I would say, personally, the coolest watch I saw was Casio's Smart Outdoor Watch, which that's the official name, Casio Smart Outdoor Watch. Uh, I, the only reason I say that is it's an Android Wear device. We didn't know it was coming, and it's it's an actual like outdoor watch. Like it's military grade, like shock resistant, I think, and super waterproof. And it's actually made for going outdoors. Like, outdoors and doing stuff. And it's not, you know, most of the other Android wear watches are like, Hey, look, we're all dainty, like dressy fashion watches. And this thing's like, no, 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 no. I'm you a can beat the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> Do whatever you want. And I just work. And it wasn't that bad. Look, I mean, it looks kind of Casio G shock ish. Actually, it's a lot cleaner looking than a G shock, but sure. Um, it's similar to that style, I guess you could say. But so we got our hands on that thing it comes in like an orange and I think a graphite or dark charcoal or something color, but uh, has GPS has a bunch of sensors and buttons and runs Android wear and 
It's got a compass. It does pressure have a compass. sensor. Pressure I sensor. Mean, yeah, for anyone who does a lot of like camping or traveling, um, but not traveling in the sense where you're on a plane, um, like traveling cross country, like in an RV or something, or who goes fishing, hunting, biking. It's good for you know any anyone who likes to be outdoors and who who needs a watch that can handle the abuse because Moto three uh, Moto 360nd gen or Huawei watch cannot handle that type of abuse. So, right. it it was cool looking. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know that it's like a, a watch I would wear on a daily basis, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. as for like a specific group of people's needs, you know, like we need an outdoor watch that I can take, like on a camping trip in the woods as a firefighter, like in some sort of military grade, something like they now have an Android wear watch. So it yeah. looks kind of cool. I think it's, I, I wouldn't doubt it if it was basically built off of the moto 360 sport. Cause it has like that dual display where it's like good in sunlight and indoors, I think. And then, uh, correct. has GPS and all this stuff. And I think it even had the flat tire in it. Yep. Yeah. It has a flat tire. So, uh, anyways, do we know when that's coming out? How much it costs? I don't know if we uh, saw that. Oh man, I uh, I know this information. I want to say five hundred bucks April. Yeah, yep. and April it's, it's, it's expensive, but it's again, military grade shock resistance. They put this thing <laughs> through the paces, and so if you need if you need a beefy Android Wear device, there you go. Casio has answered your prayers. <laughs> they have. They've given yep. you a beast watch, so. All right. So uh, in terms of other watches, so uh, New Balance announced that at the end of the year, they're going to have a watch and it's like made for runners by runners and things like that. Uh, And it's Google and Intel powered. So it'll be Android Wear. Uh, And they didn't even have pictures or anything of it to show, I don't think. But they said that's coming. And they're also launching like this whole new sport digital division or something like that. And they're going to, so the new balance is going to have a whole bunch of their own branded products. Basically it sounds kind of like Nike plus, except hopefully not as terrible as Nike plus. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Razor, Razor had a new watch called the Naboo watch, which we didn't really do much with. Cause it's not an Android watch. It's just like a fitness tracker watch. I, I don't know. What, what, what was there to know about the Naboo watch other than it probably will never launch like all of their products. Yeah. Yeah. Not to be offensive, but I just thought that watch was crap. Like it kind of looked sort of like a Casio G watch, uh, G shock watch. And so it's got two batteries, one that powers sort of just the digital watch aspect of it. And then another one, which powers the razor Naboo side of it, which is sort of the smart thing that hooks up to your phone that you can control it. And, uh, I think it's already one of them's already up for pre. There's two models. There's the forged edition and then the standard edition. The forged edition I think was up for pre-order last week, but now it's off and it was priced at uh, 199, and then the standard is 149. And uh, I mean, what else is there to say? The Razer Naboo did not do well. And if you look at the app, if you look at the oh. app that controls that functionality on Google Play. Um, You'll, you will be hard-pressed to find anyone who thinks that that app is good or that that you know, device is good or anything like that. Uh, apparently, it's just not, uh, it's not good, believe it or not. So I think they just need – I don't know why Razer all of a sudden got into the wearable game. And, yeah, they got a lot of press. They were like, we got best of CES. 
I mean, like that means anything these days. No, every everyone basically gets a best. There's a best of CES. It's like a totally different subject. Yeah, there's so many out, like news outlets that go, we have awards, and they just hand them out to everyone. Like it means something, and all like these companies go look. Like I think Samsung said they got like 300 awards at CES. <laughs> like give me give me a break. Like it's just silly. Anyways, but yeah, so, um, probably not something you want to buy. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would go out and recommend it. I haven't uh, spent much time with it. I know for the longest time last year, I was going back and forth with Razer's PR people. I was like, yo, when am I get get that Razer Naboo review unit? And it never came. because. Mm-hmm. And then it was the same thing with the Forge TV. I mean, they were trying a whole bunch of different stuff, and all of it just fell through and did not do as they had hoped. So who knows what's going on with the Razer Naboo watch? It seems like another silly idea to me. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and plus it's not Android Wear, so it's nothing that would really interest me anyway. Right. Um, it's hard to use Android Wear these days in general just because it's always something I have to charge and all that. You know, it's just not as useful as I guess I would hope it would be because um, I just have my phone. You know, I got my phone on me. I can just I've checked my phone for years now just for everything, including time, notifications and all that. So another they're uh, injecting this other thing into my life that I have to check for notifications and all this stuff. I'm getting a little, uh, uh, like, I don't know, overwhelmed and weighed down by all of my tech stuff. So mm-hmm. it almost might be time to go back to a flip phone for like a month and just review a flip phone and see how I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bit much like I went to CS and didn't wear a smartwatch kind of on purpose. Cause I was like, I just, right. I don't want to be able to man- have to manage all of this stuff. Like it's hard enough as it is. So some people love yeah. them though. I think there's, there's something for everyone, which is also what's good about that Casio watch. You know, there's, there are options and as the technology grows and gets older, there will be something for every use case. And, and some of them can be quite helpful, but I think overall me personally, um, and I know you personally too, a uh, little bit, just not there yet to where mm-hmm. they look good. Like the Huawei watch looks good. Mm-hmm. Moto 360 looks good, but it's just not something I need to be wearing all the time. Right. I'm going to, what can I say? Yeah. All right. So another watch news, uh, Samsung announced two new models of the gear S2 classic. And the gear S2 classic is the one that looks more like a classic watch. One is an 18 karat rose gold finished. And the other is with platinum. And uh, they wouldn't announce pricing. They just said they're coming in February. But the the uh, standard sort of base Gear S2 Classic costs three fifty. So if this thing is actually covered in eighteen karat gold, it, it's got. I think it's got to be like five hundred bucks. I, yeah. I, I don't know. They, they didn't even hint at it. So they announced those. We took some pictures of them. But they were. Like, I mean, they're they're just the Gear S2, which we've seen a bunch now. They just come in colors. And then Huawei also announced two watches that they actually said were. Made for, for girls for women yeah okay. for ladies for the ladies and, that's right yeah it's called the elegant and the jewel and uh sort of slimmer bands and one has swarovski crystals <laughs> that's pretty oh, much yeah. it right that's like the difference right the rest of the specs i think are the same but they're like rose gold colored i think and one has Swar- swarovski crystals yeah. yeah, I thought it was a a little sexist that they didn't offer crystals for the male models because that's what I want. Sex. I mean, I see rappers all the time with diamonds and stuff on their watches. Why can't I have that as a tech fan and a rap fan, hip hop fanatic? It seems sexist as hell to me, but 
But in actuality, I think it's total BS. I think it's all BS. Like, and I don't know. I'm a hater today. Why am I hating on everything? I don't know. It's just one of those days, I think. But the, the, yeah, the crystal stuff, it, and they are they are expensive too. Um, yeah, they but are of course it's got four offset crystals. Bucks. But uh, yeah, and I haven't met a girl yet who's come up to me and like, oh, Tim, recommend a Android Wear smartwatch. And so until that day happens, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to not tell anyone about the uh, Huawei watches for women unless they ask. And then I say, well, Huawei makes a watch just for your kind. Just for you. Yeah, Yeah, for your kind. (laughs) It's not even smaller, though, right? No, I don't think so. Yeah, they're just girly, you know, watch faces and with crystals and different colored, like girly colored bands. Not to be offensive. They just are, they're marketed for girls. They're girly. (laughs) So, so in a world that's trying to be completely politically correct, that just seems wrong. So, it doesn't look a little bit wrong, but whatever. Try not to be offended because whatever. Like, I don't see anything wrong with building something like a product for a specific gender. Like, I know, like, we're trying to be so politically correct about everything these days, but like, if you're making a product and you're like, we're made this for women, like, I guess I just, I don't, like, I don't get offended by that, but a lot of people do. Well, I think that's one of the, I think they also, they don't not only want to offend the women, but they also don't want to offend the men out there with smaller wrists. Like for example, right. like they made a forty a Motorola forty six millimeter uh, Moto three sixty and a forty two millimeter, and I like the forty two millimeter. Like I don't have huge wrists, and yet I think that's the one they sort of market for the ladies. Well, um, at least Motorola did it right. Size. Yeah, Motorola right. did um forty six and forty two, and then they also did like a special line of the forty twos that were geared towards women. I think or for women, like yeah. I just, I, I mean, I just don't get offended by that stuff. But hey, oh yeah, well, no, no, it's okay if you want to get offended by something that stupid. This is, yeah, this is the internet. You can get offended by yeah. anything and let everyone know about it. It's to send us an email if you're offended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in terms of other wearables, we didn't really cover these much because we're a two-man team and we can't do it all. But Fitbit announced the Blaze, which is like a fully blown smartwatch. We've just never really talked much about Fitbits on Droid Life, so. Uh, this thing's like it's, it doesn't run Android or anything like that, but it has like heart rate and GPS and a color touch screen and does connects to your phones and it, it could be a decent option. We you know we may pick one up at some point and see if we can review it. Um, and then Misfit, which seems to just be growing and putting out a new product by the day, uh, introduced a band called the Ray, which is supposed to be more of like a fashion forward health fitness band. There's so many wearables you can't even keep track of them all. There was an entire building in the Sands Expo yes. like convention area of wearables and everything that you can connect to Bluetooth. Bluetooth uh, shoes, Bluetooth baseball bats, Bluetooth everything. Basketball, and, all that stuff. Yeah, pretty pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, all right, moving out of wearables, just other stuff in general. So, like, it was Lenovo and Google, right, announced a project tango consumer version. So product tango is like the 3d mapping sir tools that sort of Google was working on. I, I don't know why we need a consumer version. Like they seem, I guess consumer maybe just means you sell it to businesses that use it for like reasons that they would use in a business to 3d map things. Like you and I don't need a 3d mapping smartphone built by Lenovo. Do we? No, think- te- technically no, I don't think okay. I need it. I'd want it, but I don't need it. Yeah. 
So they announced that. Uh, let's see. Huawei had a bunch of announcements. Like we finally got the gold Nexus 6P. And uh, so Huawei, we didn't talk a ton about this, but Huawei basically had like the only press event we needed to go to and we did go to it. And they announced the uh, Mate 8, which I think they had actually previously announced, but it was like super official at CES, the Mate 8, uh, the 8X, I think it was, and the 5X, which is actually an Honor phone, which is like an e-brand or something of Huawei. Um, And then a MediaPad M2 10 uh, tablet, which is actually a pretty nice tablet. We did play with that. And then the gold Nexus 6P. And then they handed out like free phones to everyone at this event. It was kind of crazy. There was a line for the Mate 8 and one for the gold Nexus 6P. And they were just seriously, Huawei clearly just is printing cash at this point. They were just handing out free everything. Um, so, yeah, Huawei had a bunch of stuff to announce. Uh, I mentioned earlier, LETV has the first Snapdragon 820 phone. That's a phone that's hanging out in China. Uh, it will probably never see it, but it is technically the first Snapdragon 820 phone. So there's something. Uh, let's see. Google announced um, new speaker sort of cast audio partners and TV partners that all should be joining soon. Uh, I'm trying to think who some of those new ones were. So for Android TV, um, you've already been able to buy TVs from Sony, Sharp, and Philips, I believe. But later this year, You'll see like RCA, Hisense, and Bang and Olufsen apparently makes TVs. I didn't know that. Uh, as far as cast audio speaker stuff, Harman Kardon, Onkyo, Philips, Pioneer will join Sony and LG. There's others and stuff. So that's happening. Uh, let's see. We stopped by Jaybird's booth because they announced two new uh, sport sort of Bluetooth headphones, the Freedom and X3. So I'm personally just a big fan of Jaybird and we've talked about them a little bit on the site. So we did stop by. So X3, even though they just announced X2 not that long ago, they have the new X3, but then their flagship is the Freedom, which are smaller and they have sort of like a battery, they have a battery pack like built into their volume control, which is in the cord. Uh, and they're just smaller. It should have a better fit in your ears. Uh, I did use the Freedoms. It sounded great, but Jaybird's sort of Bluetooth buds have always sounded pretty good. So those are available in Q2 and Q3, so you can't buy them now. They're just kind of special because you can program um, whatever sound profile you want in them, which is kind of cool. Uh, let's see, Under Armour. So Under Armour, in partnership with HTC, announced the UA Health Box, which is a combination of a fitness tracker, a heart rate monitor, and a Wi-Fi scale. And so basically this is an Under Armour product that they've sort of worked with HTC to help design, I believe. That's basically an Under Armour product is, is how I sort of took it. Um, it is up for pre-order now and will be available later this month. And it's 400 bucks. Yeah. 400 bucks. You get all that stuff. I think they will eventually sell it all individually, but as of right now, they're selling it as the health box and it's 400 bucks. We stopped by their booth and saw Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps is doing an interview and we didn't feel bad for him at all, but he apparently worked out that day and flew around the country and was going to have to work out some more while getting paid to sit on stage with Under Armour. He was huffing and puffing and we were like, yep, dude, we feel bad for you. Yeah. Tough life. Uh, So yeah, they announced that. And if you're a fitness guy and you like Under Armour, there is a box of stuff for you. Uh, let's see. Asus announced the well, re-announced the Zenfone Zoom, 
which is basically a phone with a full-on camera built into the back. And they announced this last year at CES, and then they brought it back this year. But they're actually going to sell it now in February for 400 bucks. Let's see. Ford finally gave in and is going to allow Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. But forever, Ford's been like saying, no, our solution's better or whatever. And actually, Toyota is still doing that, even though they're going to use Ford's service, I believe. But anyway, so new Fords in 2016, 17 will have uh, Android Auto. And then LG didn't really announce anything other than a couple of mid-range phones. The K10 Dang. and K7. Yeah. I think they're going to T-Mobile or something. I mean, it doesn't really matter. They're like mid-range phones that our readers don't really care about. Yeah. So that was pretty much all the stuff we covered. Uh, we walked around the floor a lot. We just like browsing around and doing stuff. Like when we went, actually, if, if you go to CES and you go to the, the wearables section, there's actually cool stuff everywhere to just play with. Like Tim found a couple of like basically batting simulator things and was like, swinging so we saw like a basketball with like a bluetooth thing from i think it's from wilson um that you could play with well we didn't play with it but there was huge shooting and stuff there's like wearable stuff everywhere like tnt uh had their nba broadcast set up there it was like a gaming tournament tim saw some famous gamer i have no idea who the guy is but he saw <laughs> that guy and he tweeted back at him um yeah also there was stuff everywhere there was, like I said, there was hoverboards. We saw uh, a bunch Who of Who didn't we see? So we saw stuff. Mark Cuban hanging out cubes. in the Cosmopolitan. Oh. Uh, the gamer Kellen is referring to is Optic Nade Shot or Matt. What up, Nade Shot? And uh, <laughs> let's see, what else? We saw, we saw someone Penn. else. We saw Penn from Penn & Teller. That's right. Oh, yeah, he was just walking by like towards Pepcom in the Mirage. Sorry, man. Saw, like I said, saw the TNT crew. So we saw Ernie Johnson. Ernie. We saw, we didn't run into Shaq, but I think I saw the booth he was supposed <laughs> to be at. That would have been great. Who else did we see? Well, we went to an iHeart Radio party and Chris Brown performed. Chris Brown. Everywhere. Yeah. What else did we see? Who else did we see? I feel like we ran into a bunch of people, but obviously we didn't like go up and go, hey, can I take a picture with you? Um, it was a bit we were in a cab that Larry Page had been in moments before, apparently, according according to our cab driver. According to the uh, cab driver, she had just given Larry Page a ride. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was um yeah, very odd. Scott Croyl from Next Bit. I don't know. He's famous to me at least just because I follow him on Twitter. I don't follow many people on Twitter, but he's one of them. So famous. And, uh, so famous. <laughs> I think that's about I mean, that's really it. Like, Tag Heuer had a party, and oh, yeah. this the waitress lady, um, the attendant, was passing around champagne, but I, I thought maybe it was like just like a sparkling white, and I was like, oh, what's this? And she's like, oh, it's just champagne. I said, okay, and I go to reach it. She's like, it's Dom Perignon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, don't mind if I do. So I've actually never uh, drank Dom before, but it was good. Um it was okay. It was very smooth. And then they, they kept coming around and filling up the bottles. And there's like a you know 150 was, people in here. It was kind of crazy, actually. So so Tag Heuer invited us to a Tag Heuer Connected event because we have the watch and we've done a review and stuff like that. So they invited us to this, this event where they were going to announce this these partnerships or collaborations with uh, their ambassador amb- ambassadors like uh, Tom Brady and Jeremy Lin and 
And so uh, we're at this thing and it's like in this tiny little cafe in the Venetian and uh, you can't even move in the place. And yeah, Tim, they're walking around and we're not talking just like a little flute of champagne. We're talking like full wine glass size full of Dom. And like, I think I heard like at least half the people around us going, are they really serving Dom and like giant (laughs) wine glasses? And then the, yeah, you just saw the waiters and waitresses walk around with bottles of open Dom, just topping everyone off. It was kind of nuts. So if you ever a chance to go to a tag Hoyer party, expect, expect them to treat you well. It was kind of crazy. No cheese though. I was kind of bummed about that. And I need a pairing for my Dom. Why do I not have a fine Swiss cheese here? Um, Beaver was not in attendance. It was not, which was actually sort of saddening. <laughs> Would have been nice to have him there. Yeah. So we did that. Um, we didn't. So we didn't actually go to a lot of parties this year. So CS is one of those things like a lot of the journos talk about after CS. There's like all these parties and like Weezer was playing at CNET and like everyone, like I think Elton John played for JBL or something. I don't know. We didn't. We started skipping some of these because we don't like going out and just getting hammered every night and then trying to work the next day. It's not fun. We did that years ago when we were amateurs at this, and it's just not that much fun. So I don't know. We spend a lot of our time like going to restaurants and like just chilling, things like that. But uh, we did go to iHeartRadio, which was a good time. Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Chris Breezy looking a little pudgy, uh, or Nate, maybe not pudgy, just not as toned as he used hmm. to be. Not that fit, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just like, you know, maybe the camera adds like 10 pounds of muscle straight in your abs and your, you know, <laughs> all that. But, yeah. yeah. He seemed cool. He was actually like trying to sing and stuff, which I thought was cool. A lot of it was backing tracks, but some of it was cool. He did not play his hits. Like, uh, he didn't play, uh, you know, that one song with Busta Rhymes or whatever. Of course, I'm a huge hip-hop fan, yet I can't name a single Chris Brown song right now. Look no at me can, now. No one huh. can name a Chris Brown. That song right there. And then you do the Carlton to it. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he didn't play like She Ain't You or anything like that. So that's the song I was hoping because that's a good track right there. But Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, we did that. Um, let's see. We didn't gamble much. I gave up on gambling at CES after last year when Mirage just destroyed me. Uh, we did our yearly CES dinner. If you guys have been following our CES coverage for a long time, we always like kind of go all out on one dinner, sort of like to reward ourselves before we leave. And we went to Strip House, which is steakhouse in Planet Hollywood. They have locations in like New York too. Had a fantastic dinner. Uh, would recommend it if you need a steak. Uh, great time there. Let, let me just pro tip for anyone that does eat at Strip House. Do not leave your prescription glasses there um, or you will be in the seventh layer of hell. Um, I left my glasses there after dinner. We had left. And by the time we left, they had already closed. So I'm calling nothing. I try and call Planet Hollywood Lost and Found. No. Finally, today, we ate there on Thursday night. And finally, I'm getting, uh, they sent my glasses back out today after me calling like almost 10 times for the strip house to bring them to the lost and found at planet Hollywood. And there's a serious lack of communication between employees, managers, and lost and found management at planet Hollywood. I don't know what the deal is, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just don't do it. Just don't leave your glasses there, but the food is good. Pro tip. Yep. Uh, and that was pretty much it. It was, I don't, it wasn't like uneventful. We just kind of went CS, did our thing, had a little bit of news, had a little bit of fun. 
Although one weird thing on the plane ride home, I almost hope this guy's like somehow a droid life reader and listening, but this dude like gets on the plane sort of late and uh, he sits in the middle seat in between me and some other lady who was sitting in the window and uh, just sits down and pulls out this like toiletry bag and just whips out like three or four stacks of hundreds and proceeds to then just count them in front of everyone like this. I mean, he's like up in the air, just counting and everyone's still boarding the plane, looking at this guy. Like, what are you doing? We're probably talking, I mean, it had to be like $20,000, $15,000, $20,000. Thousands of dollars. Definitely. It was the weirdest oh, easily though. I mean, they're fat yeah. rolls just of, of hundreds. It was, it was the most awkward. I'm sitting next to the guy trying not to just look over. Like, what are you doing with all this cash, bro? But and it's just what some people do. Like you said, he was a peacock. He was a peacock just showing off. He had showing some uh, Ed Hardy jeans on, I think, and just doing <laughs> his thing. Not that Ed Hardy's you know, a dead brand or anything like that. But uh, I was sitting across the aisle from Kellen, and Kellen like hits me up on Hangouts because we hadn't taken off yet. And uh, he's like, look at this dude next to me counting all his cash. And I like look over and I'm like, holy hell, that's like a big stack of money. I was like, maybe he's a poker player or something and had like a good weekend. And then I heard him say that he had still lost money or something. I was like, oh, my God. Who knows how much he went blue in Vegas. He's like, like, honey, I'm going to CES. I'm going to empty the bank account to go gamble as well. Comes back like 20 grand shy. Like, it was so awkward. Yeah, random things you see. Vegas um, is crazy. Yeah, Vegas is crazy. So, anything else? Anything else we're missing? Uh, That's pretty much all we did. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else we we missed. We we covered everything pretty good. Yeah, nothing really mind blowing, but it's CS. So uh, we have MWC obviously coming up in a little over a month in Barcelona, which will be. Hopefully Galaxy S7, S7 Edge. I see LG is now sending out invites to their event at it as we're filming this. So Always. LG has something to show. It would be odd if they were had like the G5 ready because the G like you know the G line's always been like May ish. I feel like April May like after MWC, but maybe they moved it up this year because going after Samsung maybe hasn't been such a uh, successful thing for them. So. Their invite says play begins and it doesn't show like a G or a five or anything. So like if they're trying to hint there, they're not, I mean, have you seen this thing yet? Do you see a five or anything or a G there's no G there's no five. So usually like any of that. Yeah. Usually LG is, um, they send, uh, they they hint at stuff like crazy. So, so on the top of the box, the light green diamonds. There's five of those, and five and a half of the dark green diamonds. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, like all the way across each, there's basically five. Uh, yeah, maybe one, two. Maybe that's a sign of five. We're looking into this really deeply now. Yeah. Well, you got me going. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that'll happen. Um, and yeah, so that's when we'll see lots of news. Like HTC, I would imagine has the one M 10 or whatever their next flagship is. So that that's like the actual fun Android stuff is coming in soon in just over a month. So yeah, otherwise CES is over. Peace out CES. Like we'll see you again next year, obviously, and probably have even less news, but is what it is. Part of the deal. All right. Anything else then? Cut off the CES special. 
Yeah, no, I don't think that's it. Thank you, everyone, for joining, and um, we'll see you next year. Yeah, so we'll see you you soon with uh, episode 100. We're probably going to do a big giveaway or something, episode 100 of the DL show. I don't know if it'll be this Friday. There's not like a ton of news going on this week, but it could be. Let us know on Twitter, you know, if there's something that you really want for Christmas, a late belated uh, Christmas present from us, let us know on Twitter what you want. If you want a VR headset or something, just let us know. And we we may oblige you. I don't know. Potentially. So yes, stay tuned for that. We'll we'll have we'll have a giveaway or something to celebrate episode 100. So uh, for now, though, that's it. Yeah, we're out of here. Droid Life uh, CS Special 2016. Peace. Peace.